Jay Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jay Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Gopi Janabalaba Kiri Badadhari Gopi Janabalaba Kiri Badadhari Gopi Janabalaba Kiri Badadhari Yasto Dananda Prajajana Ranjana Yasto Dananda Prajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Banachari Yamuna Tira Banachari Jayaradha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jayaradha Madhava Kunja Bihari Gopi Janabalaba Giri Badadhari Gopi Janabalaba Giri Badadhari Yasodhanandana Brajajanaranjana Yasodhanandana Prajajana Ranjana Yamunatira Vanachari
Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jayaradhamadhava Kunjabihari Jayaradhamadhava Kunjabihari Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Om Vishnu Pada Paramahamsa Parivrajagacharya Ashtutaya Sadashle Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Shishi Gornitai ki, Shishi Jagannath Baladev Sabhadra ki, Shishi Radha Balaba ki, Grantarad Srimad Bhagavatam ki, Hari Nama Sankirtan ki, Brihat Madanga ki, Gora Premanandi, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gorango, glories to Sri Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale, Sri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namani, Namaste Saraswati Devi, Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvasesha Sanyavari, Pastichade Shatarine, Vanchakalpa Turubhyascha, Kripa Sindhubhya Egacha, Patitanam Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevahaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevahaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Hare Krishna This morning we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Chapter 7, uh, Canto 7, Chapter 3 
text number 11. Please repeat. Anyata idam vidhasye aham ayata purvam ojasa kim anyai kala nedutai kalpaante vaishnava Adibihi Anyatedam Vidasyeham Ayata Puravam Ojasa Kim Anyai Kalane Duttai Kalpante Vaishnavadibihi Anyatedam vidasyeham Ayata purvam ojasa Kim anyai kala nidutai Kalpante vaishnavadibihi Anyatedam vidasyeham Ayata Puravam Ojasa Kim Anyai Kalane Dutai Kalpante Vaishnavadibihi Ayatidam vidasyam, 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 ayatidam vidasyam,
Anyata, just the opposite. Idam, this universe. Nidasye, shall make. Aham, I, ayata, inappropriate. Puravam, as it was before. Ojasa, by dint of the power of my austerity. Kim, what use? Anyahi, with other. Kala nidutai. Vanquished in due course of time. Kalpa ante. At the end of the millennium. Vaishnava adibihi. With planets like Dhruvaloka or Vaikuntaloka. Translation. And we are reading. Yesterday we read a series of verses. For those who are here, you will remember. Those were not. We read quite a few verses spoken by the, um, and, and finally spoken by the demigods to Lord Brahma, uh, appealing for help because they're worried, very, very worried. Although Hiranyakashipu have been terrorizing the universe and they've more or less been driven out of their homes, he then went off to perform great austerities in Mandaravali standing on the tips of his toes, fire emanating from his head. The whole universe was feeling the effect. Everyone was being, well, talk about pollution, what they call it, environmental pollution or something. The whole universe was polluted with the smoke uh, coming from the fire out of the head of Hiranyakashipu. So we can, well, we can really not imagine how powerful that may, must have been um, when the whole universe up and down were all being affected. So the demigods, uh, at first they were kind of relieved because he was off the scene, so to speak. But uh, shortly they felt the effects of his austerities. So they went to Lord Brahma for, hopefully, for some uh, solution to this problem. And they're presenting the situation, not that Lord Brahma was unaware, but they're presenting it to him with an appeal for help. So today's verse is a continuation, you could say, of yesterday's verse, um, where they were also very uh, pointing out very clearly, my dear Lord Brahma, you better be careful, this Hiranyakashipu is intending to take over your position. Um, and so there's another, of course, not that that would be allowed by the Supreme Lord, but still, in one sense, we understand that there is fear, even up to the highest point, in the universe, practically speaking, that one may lose one's body or one's post or something or another. Um, fear of loss. So today's verse, we continue. Srila Prabhupada's translation and purport to this verse. By dint of my severe austerities, 
I shall reverse. See how proud he is. As sometimes we get this pride, um, you know, as if we can conquer the universe, although we're very, very, very small. But we see here, Hiranyakashipu, sure he's very powerful, more powerful in one sense than most of the demigods. By dint, he, they're, they're actually saying what are the thoughts of Lord, of rather, of Hiranyakashipu. They're briefing Lord Brahma about his intentions, about Hiranyakashipu's thought patterns. By dint of my severe austerities, I shall reverse the results of pious and impious activities. In other words, uh, I will take control of karma. I shall overturn all the established practices within the world. Establish his own religious principles, in other words. Even as, to some extent, people may endeavor today, making up our own rules about everything we can possibly do, practically. Practically everything. Even Dhruvaloka will be vanquished at the end of the millennium. Although it's supposed to be an eternal planet. It will be vanquished. I will make sure it's vanquished. It will not exist anymore. Therefore, what is the use of it? There's no value. I shall prefer to remain in the position of Brahma. Uh, to a little extent, I mean, Prabhupada does say that uh, our first, the jiva's first entry into the material energy, so to speak, is in the situation of Lord Brahma. Um, he says slightly differently elsewhere in the mood, the mood of Lord Brahma. Well, the Brahma in our universe, we understand, is a pure devotee. But it doesn't mean always the case. Sometimes they're Sakama Bhaktas. It means they have material. And even Brahma in this universe, sometimes we see, as in the case of the Brahma Vimohana um, Leela, we see Lord Brahma behaving in a way which is quite extraordinary, unbecoming for a pure devotee, eh? isn't it? Would you expect that of a pure devotee of the Lord, that he's, he wants to stop, in one sense, the pastimes of the Lord? It's pretty intense, you know, to break up the Lord's pleasure. This is the, you could say practically the, the epitome of the most offensive thing you could think of doing. Um, of course, he had other intentions, uh, as explained in the 10th Canto Bhagavatam. But in, from one, certainly from one perspective, he behaved in a most unexpected, unbecoming way uh, towards his Lord. And sometimes overwhelmed with attachment and pride, we also may react even to those who are very dear to us in a somewhat uh, offensive or aggressive way sometimes. So much is our self-centeredness. So the idea, the understanding of taking one's of birth in this world is that we're seeing it like that, that we are in the center of the universe. And Lord Brahma has to be very careful because he becomes implicated in all of the consequent, let's say, um, expansions within this universe, the various creations, secondary creations. He is responsible, unless he's really on behalf of Krishna, then he can become implicated. And this is what happens to the living entity. 
is not necessarily because we're doing things, therefore we're implicated, but we're doing things with ourselves in the center. We remain in a kind of a neophyte stage of devotional service because even in devotional service we're still seeing ourselves in the center. I say devotional service, our stage. We're still seeing ourselves in the center. We're not necessarily 100% acting simply on behalf. It's just a simple example we could give. Would we do what we're doing at various times of our day or interacting with other devotees or with the public or whatever it may be if we could realize that Krishna's in our heart watching everything we're doing or Srila Prabhupada is sat right next to us whether it's our japa, whether it's reading books, whether it's talking to others whether it's how we honor or dishonor prasadam or whatever it may be um, a conscious awareness, um, you know, this is not just an activity which I like or dislike with me in the center, to, so to speak, but the purity of the Lord, they help us to show how we can put Krishna in the center. It takes time. So Hiranyakashi obviously is not putting Krishna in the center of his plans. In one sense he is, although he's not fully aware of it. Um, in one sense, he is on the, on the war path against the demigods and Vishnu is another demigod who has to be removed and forevermore destroyed forevermore so there's no more problems get rid of my enemy can we bring Bhagavad Gita? Hiranyakashipu's demoniac determination Prabhupada says was explained to Lord Brahma by the demigods who informed him that Hiranyakashipu wanted to overturn all the established principles which is I mean when we look at it uh, in the modern, thank you, the modern society which we live in, um, already overturning established principles of religion huh, is not an uncommon event. Maybe it's already been done, they're just overturning that which has already been overturned anyway. But in many cases, I mean, it's, it's a sensitive issue, even amongst devotees sometimes. But things which were clearly obvious even 50, 60 years ago, like divorce, abortion, uh, same-sex marriages, all these various things which are now becoming not just norms in society, they're almost becoming, you know, you're proud of it. It's like, wow, it's almost like a religious principle. Whole dynamics, the paradigm of right and wrong has, has kind of been upturned, overturned. It's the same mentality as Arani Kashibu has. Maybe the, the, the details are of course different, we're not in a position to think of the universe as, as a whole, but with our own little universes that we're in. We're the controller, we can do what I like with our bodies, it's my body, to hell with everything else. Um, quite self-centered we could say, proud, pride, madness is, uh, you know, is just common denominator practically. They even call it pride and so on and so forth, harsh words. But uh, the reality is, these are, what to say, upturning the standard system of society, which is Dharma Tushakshad Bhagavat Pranitam, established by the Supreme Lord. It's not established by the votes of sensual, ignorant beings. It's not established by a majority vote, um, you know, like that. That's not how it works. Uh, well, in Prabhupada's own words, a bunch of asses get together and decide, make an, a, a decision. This is not the way things are. And pride is a very big thing and we, because we've not been educated, we've not been in a society where there's an alternative, 
um, uh, 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 let's say, a pleasing or beneficial spiritual alternative, it's uh, easy to become, you know, affected and prey to other ideas, unfortunately. So, um, pride is a very big thing. After executing severe austerities, people within the material world are promoted to the heavenly planets. Now, that depends what type of austerity, as we can see in the uh, Bhagavad Gita. Where does Krishna talk about this in the Bhagavad Gita? Excuse me? 17th chapter, well done. Yeah, definitely. We can see it in the 16th chapter also. Divine and demoniac, and the 17th chapter, divisions of faith. So, in the 17th chapter, particularly, uh, let's see if we can find the verse. Penance, yeah, here we go. Penance. Uh, uh, Rani Kashipu is, under, nowadays, people may not do that so much. We're not so um, austere in this age. We want quick result. Um, and the result isn't very pleasing in most cases because we're not really, even materially speaking, performing very much penance other than living in a, a, a challenging situation in this world. Not so much penance. They don't know the secret. Uh, some people do. Religious people, many religious people, they understand the principle of following religious uh, doctrines, religious um, beliefs, etc. Uh, for elevation to the heavenly planets, as Prabhupada just mentioned here, that by proper penance, so religious principles of penance, we follow certain disciplines. If we follow the disciplines, then according to what we've just read, one can attain the heavenly planets. Other penances may lead elsewhere. Hare Krishna, a chair for Aniruddha Prabhu? You want a chair, Prabhu? You okay? I know you're all right, but you have a body like a chair. You're okay, good. Good to see you, Hare Krishna. So we can read here in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna saying to Arjuna, the threefold austerity performed with transcendental faith by men not expecting material benefits but engaged only for the sake of the Supreme is called austerity in goodness. So that's to be encouraged. Not everyone's in that, let's say, in that mode of nature, that's for sure. But this should be encouraged. This is the Especially in human life, this is the idea that we perform our austerities, our penances, not just to attain something which furthers putting ourselves in the center. Um, oh, you, yeah, you're getting, if you think everyone's got the idea to move forward a few inches here. We all want to move forward a few inches in our spiritual lives, a few miles. Come. <laughs> Let go. So, uh, austerity and goodness. So, transcendental goodness is there when we make that connection with the pure devotee of the Lord and we act under their guidance and direction, performing austerities according to their direction, not according to just what we think is the mode of goodness, some pious activity or some just religious. That's also good and recommended, but it's not the final goal. Sarva Dharma We have to be willing to go beyond that. And the pure devotees of the Lord help us to do that. Shastra also. But most people refer to Shastras which are more appropriate to their present conditioning. Um, and transcendental literatures like Srimad Bhagavatam are of course absolutely purifying but maybe not so much um, taken as one's life and soul by most people. Now, penance performed out of pride 
and for the sake of gaining respect, honor, and worship, is said to be in the mode of passion. It is neither stable nor permanent. And we see this very often. People perform some kind of austerity, but uh, it's very whimsical in many cases. Doesn't in many cases you can't even continue with it or complete it once passion is too strong. Um, but of some cases, yes, like Hiranyakashipu, he wasn't going to give up until he attained his goal, um, as we've just heard. He was willing to go through it lifetime after lifetime. Not just one. If I don't get it this lifetime, I'm going to continue. He knew that life was, you could say, physically speaking, temporary. And uh, interesting, how he was thinking. Sometimes penance and austerity are executed to attract people and receive honor. This may affect us also. Sometimes we perform penance to be respected. How many rounds did you chant, Prabhu? I don't wonder was the time. 64. Oh, well done. How many rounds, Prabhu? Uh, well, I finished my 16 rounds. Never mind, Prabhu. Never mind. Keep trying. <laughs> Not quite the idea. We don't advertise. Vaishnava doesn't advertise their austerities like that. Sometimes for the sake of encouraging others, it may be you know, discussed, but it's not something, oh, putting ourselves in the center. I've fasted near Jalakadashi. Did you fast on near Jalakadashi? And, you know, sometimes a little pride comes in there, sometimes. We have to be a little careful. If we are asked, looking for attention, looking for respect, looking for honor, mode of passion, and it's neither stable, and usually it stops after a while, especially if you don't get respect. Krishna's very kind. He doesn't give you respect and honor. That means he's really being kind to us. And we think, why is Krishna doing this to me? Because he wants, to get us, he wants us to get free of pride. <laughs> it's a really big one, because that's basically seeing ourselves in the center and everything around us in relationship to ourselves. Um, such arrangements we are in. Persons in the mode of passion arrange to be worshipped by subordinates and let them wash their feet and offer riches. This is something which I'm, you know, pretty, I'm not very good at it, but I'm making an effort in this direction and to uh, people you know, sitting up and making out we're an advanced Vaishnava or something and letting people wash their feet and receiving dakshin and so on and so forth. And this is description of myself, really. Such arrangements artificially made by the performance of penances are considered to be in the mode of passion. The results of, are temporary, they can be continued for some time, but they are not permanent. And we see in our devotional service that uh, if this is the driving force, which we would hope it's not, but if it is, or prominent force, then this may happen, that Krishna may curtail our endeavors. Penance, however, now we're coming to the, perhaps the, the more relevant to, to Hiranyakashipu's situation, penance performed out of foolishness with self-torture and to destroy or injure others is said to be in the mode of ignorance. Purport. There are instances of foolish penance undertaken by demons like Hiranyakashipu, who performed austere penances to become immortal and kill the demigods. Get rid of them. He prayed to Brahma for such things, but ultimately was killed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. To undergo penances for something which is impossible is certainly in the mode of ignorance. 
to practice. He was torturing his I mean, obviously had some understanding he's not the body. He was, as we heard yesterday, he was extremely learned, had a lot of knowledge, and powerful, of course. And he knew he wasn't the body, but still, he's torturing the body. Literally torturing the body. As you know, in the end of this pastime of his austerities, we find that he's basically, there's nothing left except for bones. Except for bones. Just like when we leave our body, practically, there's only bones left. Only bones. It's also a tapa, austerity, suffering. Tapa, the word tapa means suffering as well as austerity. Prabhupada often used, frequently uses, as he did in this verse today, uh, the translation of the word tapa, um, is uh, penance. Generally, the word penance is not, all, not necessarily um, um, directed towards this type of activity of Ranyakashipu. You know, self-inflicting austerities, etc. Is more, at least it's, it's traditionally, it's a religious terminology, used more in the form of atonement or, you know, something like that. You know, uh, you, you know, go to perform a, a what they call it, atonement, the church, you know, like that. It's usually used in that case, admittance and so on. But uh, in, 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 at least in Prabhupada's terminology, penance and and austerity are basically simultaneous with each other, although there's some differences out there, you could say. Um, so Prabhupada uses the word penance over and over again. And if we look in the second canto, I don't have a second canto here, do we? Do we have the Bhagavatams here? It'll be in chapter 9 of the second canto. We can read a little bit about what Krishna says about penance and what is real penance. What is the real purpose of penance? Something very relevant to our own lives. All this is relevant. We'll be careful that we don't get, you know, caught up in the other modes of nature. It, just give me, if it, give me the book and I'll find it. Thanks, Paul. Chapter 9, thank you. Chapter 9 is, very, of course, a very famous chapter. Answers by citing the Lord's version with the Chatur Shloki. We'll find the Chatur Shloki there. But the uh, build-up to this... Okay, the build-up, because Lord Brahma is very much involved in this pastime here, and uh, Hirani Kashipu is um, aware that Lord Brahma has performed austerities. We heard that yesterday. He's performed austerities, and by that means he's become so powerful as the uh, secondary creator of the universe, the controller in the eyes of Brahma, um, Hirani Kashipu practically. He wants to take over his post, as we may do in this material world when someone's in a powerful position. We campaign, we make certain, we may even willing to tell lies and all kinds of things to occupy their post. Sometimes a coup, a physical endeavor, so many things are there. For some reason, uh, a person wants to occupy that person's post, or some party wants to usurp the position of the power from another party. Um, in the material world, this is ongoing ongoing endeavor, whether it's in the corporate world, or the political world, every world, practically speaking, as long as this pride is there, we'll find this, this kind of mentality very common. So, uh, Lord Brahma wasn't performing austerities or penances for that particular reason. It was the will of the Lord, the order of the Lord. So, uh, we'll just read some of the verses here. Um, There's quite a lot of verses, actually. It's surprising. The beautiful personality of Godhead addressed Lord Brahma. O Brahma, 
Impregnated with the Vedas, I am very much pleased with your long accumulated penance. But it was Krishna who asked him to do this. It wasn't like he just did it for his own reasons. Krishna told him to do this. He wanted him to do this. So he's following that higher or that transcendental direction. It's not in the mode of passion, goodness or ignorance. I am very much pleased with your long accumulated penance with the desire for creation. Hardly am I pleased with the pseudo-mystics. I wish you good luck, O Brahma. You may ask from me, the giver of all benediction, all that you may desire. You may know that the ultimate benediction as a result of all penances is to see me by realization. And you could say that's our situation. We may not be consciously aware of that much of the time, but that's our goal. Not just to see Krishna, but to please Krishna through the media of the spiritual master or the pure devotees of the Lord. It's a penance, it's a penance. We heard about some of the details of our endeavors yesterday, devotees' endeavors. It's a penance to go on the street distributing books. It's a penance to manage a temple. It's a penance to spend hours in the hot sun doing service. I don't know what the weather's going to be like today. I've no idea, but some devotees are going to wait. Torquay or Weymouth? Torquay, isn't it? Torquay to the holy festival with the intention of bringing people towards Krishna consciousness. It's, these things could be seen as penances in various ways. You could be doing something else, uh, but we're doing it voluntarily. Perhaps there's still a mixture of hoping I'll get something in return from it. That's possibly the case. But ultimately, the, the, the path chalked out, given to us by Srila Prabhupada, is one which will lead to this. It's not a concoction. Is not born of, uh, of the fertile brains of some, you know, ambitious materialist. It's based on Guru Shastra Sadhu. So when we follow that penance, then, because Guru Shastra Sadhu represent Krishna, then there's every chance that one can achieve a different, a different result. A different result. So Srila Prabhupada has given us this opportunity golden opportunity, even though we may feel I'm not qualified, which probably should do, and uh, you know, but we've been given this chance to perform this sankirtan, this austerity, if you want to call it an austerity. Prabhupada wrote to us, he said, it is simply fun living, we were living in a vehicle in the winter, taking bath in ice-cold lakes. Ice, I woke up one day, there was ice on my nose, come dripped down from the top of the van, fell off the top of the van. And he uh, liked that, you know, Prabhupada said, but for you it's simply fun. This austerity is fun. I don't know if Hiranyakashi was enjoying fun when he was there on his tiptoes. I doubt it. But he had a, such a powerful intention, he was willing to undergo any amount of suffering, tapa, for the sake of fulfillment of his desire. So strong was his willpower. Uh, we may have that willpower, therefore, uh, you could say in previous ages, people may have done that, aspiring Transcendentalists would perform such incredible austerities for self-realization also. Not that we have to do it in this age. Even Prabhupada said he wasn't able to do, maybe he was quite able to do, but he wasn't meant to do and he didn't do it. You know, some of the austerities of his godbrothers who may have been fasting and just eating very little and chanting 108 rounds or whatever they're doing every day. But the real austerity, and even his own spiritual master said, your austerity is to get out there and preach all over the world 
in the English language, and if you ever get money, print books. Now that doesn't, I mean, in one sense, that's a big austerity. It's a struggle. You can see what Prabhupada went through to establish this movement, to preach Krishna consciousness. It was, it was an austerity. He had to face, um, even from his, sometimes from his own gobblers, negative response. What well, to speak of from many of, our follow, of us followers who are just so, you know, what, what to say, self-centered. And the public, and the law, and the health, and so many challenges were there. But Prabhupada had this strong and one-pointed, as we heard the verse yesterday, if you ever see Atma Kabod here, Keukurananda, this one-pointed intention, focused on the instruction of his spirit. This is the, you could say, the real penance for us, is to keep our spiritual master's instructions always in the center. Not our own interpretation, our own will. It'll be there. But again and again we have to bring it back to what will please Krishna through the media of our spiritual master. This is the secret of success in spiritual life. Secret. Because that pleases Krishna. And Krishna then cleanses or removes the illusion which is covering our consciousness. The more we put Krishna in the center, and we're being taught how to do that, just like with the deity worship, the standard is not the concoction. We don't go in and say, I prefer to do it this way. You won't last. There's a process given to us, and we follow that process. Cleaning the temple. Whatever it is, cooking, we don't just cook whatever we like. We may do it home for obvious reasons. You have family to satisfy and whatever. But uh, in the temple, we cook what Krishna wants. That's basically, or at least we offer him what he wants. As much as we can. As much as we can. We don't just distribute any old book. We distribute books of, you know, which are going to help people become Krishna conscious. Authorized books. We don't just sing any old song. Although sometimes it seems like we may do. But that's not what we should do. There are authorized songs. Prabhupada made it somewhat clear. There are authorized songs which we should sing. We should stick with that. Because that pleases Krishna. There may be other songs that pleases Krishna, no doubt about that. But we should have spiritual masters give what we need and what is required and what is necessary. We're not here just to enjoy ourselves. We're here to, to awaken this man, the, the heart, the consciousness of existing for the pleasure of Krishna. Hiranya Kashipu is the epitome of someone who doesn't do that. Even though he has some consciousness of this powerful being called Vishnu, he, doesn't, he hates him. He hates him. And that is manifest, you could say, in, in, in the form of him doing everything he can to oppose the law of God. Practically speaking. Destroy it. Bring it down. Pull it down. That's something for the past. I'm in the present. Now I'm God. Krishna's dead. He's gone. Now it's me. <laughs> this type of mentality. Sometimes gets to we're trying to develop the the attitude of das das anudas gopi bhakta padakamalam dasa 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 anudas not the mentality of an ass but a das not that, not that we're after masters as I said many easy one after masters degrees we're after servants degrees. The more opportunity we have in position, if you want to call it that, in our movement, the more opportunity to serve the devotees. To see even Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj would see himself, or see all of his disciples as his masters, not disciples. 
he would look at them as his masters, as persons to serve. If a golden Krishna has kindly given me so many masters for me to serve, to be purified by them. He even had this mentality this, in story one time in, in Mayapur where there were so many flies buzzing around and anyone who's been to Mayapur knows there's, there's two, two, not seasons, but two periods of the day, night and day. Nighttime, you know, you have the association of mosquitoes and daytime you have the association of flies. There's a two time of periods that mosquitoes go to sleep and the flies wake up. You have these uh, two types of Transcendental association. <laughs> so thousands of flies sometimes, maybe not so bad now, I don't know, but there was a time when it was just like whew, clouds of flies and clouds of mosquitoes, like, which it never seemed to end. And uh, it was daytime, so flies everywhere, and devotees are trying to whisk them off of Maharaj, Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj, trying to whisk them away like you naturally would do. He said, leave them alone, he said. I am becoming purified by the touch of their feet. They are residents of the Dom. I am an outsider. I'm becoming purified. We can't stretch our, <laughs> we can stretch our imagination, but maybe not our consciousness isn't in the same realm. But uh, this is the mood of pure devotees. They see themselves in this way. Not to get those pesky flies out of here. You know, even Prabhupada would treat mosquitoes with, you know, try, not try to kill them, but catch them and put them outside. <laughs> Sometimes you have, it's just too much. <laughs> but anyway, pure devotees are thinking, seeing things differently. The part and parcel of Krishna, I'm becoming purified. So uh, Krishna goes on, speaking to Brahma. The highest perfectional ingenuity is the personal perception of my abodes. And this has been possible because of your submissive attitude in the performance of severe penance according to my order, submissive, accepting this. Devotee is willing to accept any penance on behalf of his Lord. That penance becomes his joy. If my suffering is being pleasure to you, my Lord, then that suffering is my greatest happiness. O sinless Brahma, you may know from me that I was, it was I who first ordered you to undergo penance when you were perplexed in your duty. Such penance is my heart and soul, and therefore penance and I are non-different. And I don't know if it's in this purport, but in one purport, Prabhupada describes how without penance one cannot advance in Krishna consciousness. Tapa, tapa. I create the cosmos, cosmos by such penance I may maintain it by the same energy, and I withdraw it all by the same energy. Therefore, the potential power is penance only. Quite an interesting statement. Hmm. You can read these verses. This is the second canto, chapter 9, text 22, 3, 4, like that. Lord Brahma said, okay, now that's the end of that little statement there by the Lord to Lord Brahma on what is penance it is so close. It is, look, he says, it's just, it's in my heart, it's penance. And that penance is really not some kind of, you know, thing like Aranyakashipu is doing, but it's just this mood of following submissively the will of the Lord. 
It's, we're not in this world because we have this mentality. We've come into opposite reason. We don't want to. We come in this world to try to fulfill my intentions, me and mine, and uh, we're being, let's say, given the opportunity now to perform penance which will take us back to Godhead. I'll read one or two more verses from Gita, purport as well from today's verse, I think. Let's see. Anything, Prabhupada writes in the last verse of this chapter 17 of Gita, anything done without the transcendental objective, whether it be sacrifice, charity or penance, is useless. Useless. Therefore in this verse, it is declared that such activities are abominable if we do such things for our own sense gratification. Everything should be done for the Supreme in Krishna consciousness. Without such faith and without the proper guidance, there can never be any fruit. In all the Vedic scriptures, faith in the Supreme is advised. In the pursuit of all Vedic instructions, the ultimate goal is the understanding of Krishna. No one can obtain success without following this principle. Therefore, the best course is to work from the very beginning in Krishna consciousness under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master. That is the way to make everything successful. In the conditioned state, people are attracted to worshipping demigods, ghosts, yakshas, like Kavara, etc. The mode of goodness is better than passion and ignorance, but one who takes directly to Krishna consciousness is transcendental to all three modes. Although there is process of gradual elevation, if one, by the association of pure devotees, directly takes to Krishna consciousness, that is the best way. And that is recommended in this chapter. Achieve success in this way, one must first find the proper spiritual master and receive training under his direction. Then one can achieve faith in the Supreme. When that faith matures, in course of time, it is called love of God. This love of God is the ultimate goal of the living entities. One should therefore take to Krishna consciousness directly. That's the conclusion. Um, and that, anyway, there are many very verses related here to penance and many verses related in the 16th chapter, of course, to the nature of such demoniac mentality, such as that of Hiranyakashipu. Um, and we just read one or two of those. Yes, uh, those who are demoniac, huh? those who are demoniac do not know what is to be done and what is not to be done. Neither cleanliness nor proper behavior nor truth is found in them. They say the world is unreal. No foundation, no God. They say it is produced of sex desire, no cause other than lust. Following such conclusions, the demoniac who are lost to themselves and who have no intelligence engage in unbeneficial, horrible works meant to destroy the world taking shelter of insatiable lust and absorbed in the conceit of pride and false prestige, the demoniac thus illusioned are always sworn to unclean work attracted to the, by the impermanent. They believe that to gratify, gratify the senses is the prime necessity of human civilization. Thus, until the end of life, their anxiety is immeasurable bound by a network of hundreds and thousands of desires and absorbed in lust and anger, they secure money by illegal means for sense gratification. The demoniac person thinks, so much wealth do I have today and I will gain more according to my schemes. So much is mine now and it will increase in the future more and more. He is my enemy and I have killed him and my other enemies will also be killed. 
I am the Lord of everything. I am the enjoyer. I am perfect, powerful, and happy. I am the richest man surrounded by aristocratic relatives. This is really for Hiranyakashipu, this verse. There is none so powerful and happy as I am. I shall perform sacrifices. I shall give some charity, and thus I shall rejoice. In this way, such persons are deluded by ignorance. Thus perplexed by various anxieties and bound by a network of illusions, they become too strongly attached to sense enjoyment and fall down into hell. Self-complacent and always impotent, deluded by wealth and false prestige, they sometimes proudly perform sacrifices in name only, without following any rules and regulations. Bewildered by false ego, strength, pride, lust, and anger, the demons become envious of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is situated in their own bodies and in the bodies of others, and they blaspheme against the real religion. Those who are envious and mischievous, who are the lowest among men, I perpetually cast into the ocean of material existence, into various demoniac species of life. It goes on. And it goes on. Many, many verses. Uh, there, we'll just read the purport. We'll open up. Finish the purport, rather. Um, boom, 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 boom. After executing severe austerities, people within the material world are promoted. But Iranyakashipu wanted even those persons to be unhappy. Sometimes we hear the Bhaktivinotaku sings that my, when, I, when others are happy, that is my unhappiness. And when I see others are unhappy, I am happy. When we see others having difficulty, this is demoniac, or at least gross materialistic mentality and mode of ignorance. He wanted those he wanted them to be unhappy, suffering because of the diplomatic feelings of the demigods, even in the heavenly planets. He wanted those who were harassed in this world by material transactions to be unhappy for the same reason, even in the heavenly planets. Indeed, he wanted to introduce such harassment everywhere. One might ask how this would be possible, since the universal order has been established since time immemorial. But Iranyakashipu was proud to declare that he would be able to do everything by the power of his tapasya. He even wanted to make the Vaishnav's position insecure. These are some of the symptoms of asuric determination. So we see that to some degree, you could say, in our little endeavors to follow Sri Prabhupada. Sometimes this mentality trying to stop the progress of Krishna consciousness in the world um, in various ways. Um, I don't know here in Australia, but I know in where we're trying to do a little service in the country which we're in, there's never-ending, you know, obstacles uh, placed, you could say obstacles or opportunities to surrender, but obstacles placed before by the powers that be to try to stop the progress of Krishna consciousness in various ways. Um, they change the laws sometimes for the, for in order to try to achieve this, do all sorts of things. This is the uh, same thing like with Hiranyakashipu, trying to change the order of the universe, taking over the position of Lord Brahma, harassing the demigods, making their lives hellish, they can't perform their duties anymore, everybody. 
Um, and to some extent, the world is in that situ similar situation in some ways. Um, and we have a great opportunity. Great opportunity. The devotees are compassionate. No matter what our conditioning is, a great opportunity to try to uplift the consciousness and perform this penance against all odds. We have the wonderful example in Prabhupada gives in the Bhagavad Gita of the sparrow that laid its eggs on the shore of the ocean and how the ocean swept them away. Um, but the little poor little sparrow and what so small, we're so small in terms of material comparison to the world around us. We're a tiny little group. Um, but you know, we do our best. We endeavor to try to spread Krishna consciousness and depend upon the mercy of Krishna. And we haven't got the power ourselves to do anything. But by his misery, even Brahma didn't have the power to create, he was empowered by the Lord to do it. And he performed that penance and that's, he was empowered to create the universe. Um, or the engineer the universe, so to speak. So similarly we have no, nothing, only mercy. We have the mercy of the pure devotees. And take that mercy and make that our life and soul. By the mercy of Krishna then everything's possible. We try our best. But uh, try not to be overwhelmed by this strong pride. Pride is you could say the reason we're in this material world in one sense, we're seeing ourselves in the center and if we keep that as our ongoing kind of accompaniment while we're trying to serve, it will be difficult to progress. So Hiranyakashipu, thank him very much for showing us the uh, how not to do it or uh, how not to. <laughs> Even he seemed to be pretty successful and I'm sure he'd be a hero amongst many people, someone in this day and age who could be like that, but even he failed. He was also um, had to succumb to the power of the Supreme Lord. No one can avoid it. Death captures everyone, no matter how great we are. And we may think I am the greatest, <laughs> but how long does that last? I'm the most beautiful and the most powerful and the most learned, whatever. It doesn't last long, finish soon, all over. So this morning we have um, also Kirtan for His Holiness Kadambakana Maharaj, who you all know is decided, I spoke with uh, Swain Bhagavan, Bhagavan Keshava Maharaj just maybe eight hours ago or something and uh, he was just telling me Maharaj is just letting course go its way and he'll be leaving his body any day. It could be any day. So this morning we're having uh, Kirtan for not just this morning, all day. Huh? 10 to 10, is that right? 10 to 10? Pardon? 9 to 10. From 9 o'clock till 10. 9 to 9. From 9 to 9, for everyone who's free, please come here. We're all indebted to his um, association. He's given so much. Pushra Prabhupada. He would come here. He has many disciples here. In France also, we've been blessed with his association many times. He has, you know, he speaks fluent French, he has a very close connection with France and he has disciples there also, of course, not many, a few. But he's very dear to the devotees in France, as everywhere he goes he's very dear to the devotees. And, uh, you know, be a big loss, but what to do? So do come, if you're free, today, to honor him and to glorify him in this way. He's made his own decision, it's not our business to think otherwise particularly. 
But in the same mood as Srila Prabhupada did, the penance, the penance is we don't give up. Or what we do now, you carry on. He's given us such a great example of how to surrender, how to serve Srila Prabhupada's mission with all of his heart. We carry on with all of our hearts, trying to push on this Sankhitan movement according to our ability in different ways. Um, anyway, we could go on and on about his glorious qualities and his contribution, inspiration and so on in the world. Maybe the world doesn't recognize it, maybe one day they will, but such great personalities um, empowered by Srila Prabhupada because they surrendered to Srila Prabhupada, giving up all forms of sense gratification practically, putting the will of the spiritual master as his life and soul, performing austerities, tremendous austerities for Srila Prabhupada's pleasure. Tremendous, comparatively speaking, for this day and age. Srila His Holiness Kadamba Kanan Maharaj Kijay. Srila Prabhupada Kijay. So, any comments or questions? And Aniruddha uh, Prabhu. Aniruddha Prabhu. Microphone. But excuse my voice, it's uh, day after day after day after day after week after week after week, and it's really hoarse. Um, thanks, Maharaj. Um, on um, Friday, Friday, um, Achincha Rupa and I stopped into the Geelong Hospital to visit a devotee called Ajay Manchandani, and um, that was a bit of a shoot. Ajay Manchandani, mm -hmm. he's a, a long-standing devotee in Iskand, Melbourne. Quite a humble fellow, but very instrumental in in organising. Uh, Rathiyatra, uh, not Rathiyatra, uh, Jamastami yeah. uh, with Chiru and um, uh, we dis discovered he's been in intensive care on a ventilator for the last 30 days my goodness and uh, I only found out about it well I'd heard about it but I only really became aware of it last week so um, <clears throat> just thinking while we're uh, offering prayers for Kadamba Kanana Maharaj. Perhaps the devotees can also spare a prayer or two for Ajay. It's, it's quite amazing, actually. I was, it was very shocking for me and Achincharupa to see him in that condition. What's the situation? Is he... Um, it's not COVID, but it's, it's <clears throat> very... The, the, what he's got is... is uh, he had a bacterial infection, blood clots, pneumonia, and basically he's on a ventilator so his lungs can re-heal uh, themselves mm, mm. and uh, so they can wake him up. But that's pretty... <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't spoken to anybody for 30 days. That's God. really... He's a real wake-up cause for all of us, huh? <laughs> Goodness, that was not shocking. that, but to realise how... The association of devotees, how valuable it is. We may not be pure, we may be somewhat affected by these other modes, etc. But still, the endeavor is there, and the association of devotees are only real shelter. So, without that, what, what chance do we have? It's the most painful thing. I don't know. You can, whatever, whether devotees can visit him or not. I don't know, know these things. But uh, there's nothing more, and when you've been in a very critical situation, 
you recognize how valuable the association devotees, even devotees you think get them out of here sometimes. You, you feel that their, their association is amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes we have to have these right reminders, sometimes experiences to help us realize just how great the devotees are in comparison, not just in comparison, but in reality, because they're connected to Prabhupada. Very special, uh, very special souls. And sometimes we don't until the end, and then we start thinking about it. But, but it's, uh, sometimes we need these wake-up calls ourselves sometimes. And you, when you're in a really desperate situation, just how valuable that is. Just having a devotee with you. They may not know what to do, but just having a devotee with you is so important, so um, not just reassuring, but you know, it just gives, uh, that's all we want. That's what we need is the association of devotees. Their only hope. Again and again we've seen this in, in our movement. The devotees even drifted away from Krishna consciousness for decades. And when they're about to leave their body, Krishna arranges devotees' association. It's amazing. That little service never goes in vain. What to speak of? Years of service helping to arrange Jamastami or this or that. It's, we can't imagine how Krishna sees this when we serve his pure devotee. To facilitate the mission of his pure devotee is such a great service. So dear to the Lord. That's the penance which is the Lord's heart. That's what it really it means, capturing the Lord's heart. Thank you, Rani Rudra Prabhu. Um, another question, or a question. I, I have difficulty understanding here. Prabhupada says, after executing severe austerities, people within this material world are promoted to the heavenly planets. But Hiranyakashipu wanted them to be unhappy, suffering because of the diplomatic feelings of the demigods, even in the heavenly planets. What is that? What do you think it's that a complicated means? verse. The diplomatic lines. feelings yeah. of the demigods. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Um, what exactly is, are we you know, referring to here? Well, from Hiranyakashipu's perspective, we could say, for sure, the demigods are behaving diplomatically. For sure. He would see it differently. It's like, you know, someone, we always put in the finger, politics, Prabhu, right? Politics, you know, you blame someone. This is simply politics. Well, politics is simply, you could say, the process of execution of policy. And we use it almost like a dirty word, diplomacy. You're very diplomatic. So even though, you know, it's like, you know, many things are like this. You know, you, is the person saying it is often the real political person or the diplomatic person. Pointing the finger like that. That's one way I can see it. Hiranya Kashipu is saying these demigods are all very diplomatic and misbehaving in this nonsense way. Um, you know, whatever it is, going to Lord Brahma, hiding away, you know, taking advantage, whatever. That, maybe that's one way to look at it. But the diplomatic, I mean, is there anything wrong with diplomacy? Is there anything wrong with politics? Is it in itself a dirty word? You sometimes hear devotees telling it like it is, right? And of course being quite offensive. So maybe Hiranyakashipu's got that kind yeah, of mentality. You're all, you're all too diplomatic, I'm going right. to tell it how it yeah, is. That's the point, I feel the same way. That's, I think that that's one way of looking at it, at least. Because we do the same thing. We've got an agenda, 
we've got our policy and we want, we, then we say, oh, this is all politics, you know, you guys are all diplomatic. We point like that, we've got to look at our own hearts. Hirani Kashyabu is not looking at it that way, you know. He's looking at his own heart in terms of his gross pride, but not in terms of, it's me who has to change, not them. They're the problem. They're the problem. They should suffer. They're the problem. This is, I don't know what they call it nowadays, it's a term for, you know, feeling oneself being the victim or something like this. What's it called? Huh? What? A woke attitude, you have to woke out. We want an awake attitude, not a, a woke, awake. We want to wake up. This uh, self-centeredness huh? is the guarantee to stay in Maya. Guaranteed. And we want Krishna in the center. And we see what often happens to us, not in the sense of, oh, it's their fault, I'm going to get my own back on them, I'm going to make sure they suffer. Is that the mentality of a Vaishnav? I don't think so. Everyone's been exploited, everyone has been, you know, victimized in one sense. Who hasn't? Depends how you define it, but the whole material universe is like that. That's what it's meant for. Yeah. You're not meant of a place of, you know, comfort zone. That's the opposite. It's meant to be, we realize, I do not belong in this world. We're supposed to be a little bit developing a little spiritual understanding, not just a physical transaction of karma. We will change, as Avanya Kashipu says, we will reverse the reactions of pious and impious. You can't do that. It doesn't work like that. Karma goes ahead no matter what we do or say or think. We're still going to get our lot. And if we start changing the God-given system, then we're really in trouble. And these are sensitive maybe, I don't know, but reality, we've got to be careful. Look at ourselves. It's easy to point the finger at others. Huh? Looking at Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj, again and again reminded his disciples of this. Huh? Dwell not on the frailties of others. Look within, amend thyself. Lord Gorsundar puts his devotees into various difficulties, trials and tribulations just to test our own devotion, our own patience, etc. Our tolerance. We have to rectify our own consciousness. That's what we're here for. It's easy to point the fault. It's their fault. This fault. This one did this to me and that. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's how it worked in terms of one angle of vision. But that's not the real thing that's going on. Krishna's trying to point something out in our own hearts. We have to make a perceptional change of how we see things with Krishna in the center. And the key verse in this regard, also spoken by Lord Brahma, Prabhupada said this is the guideline for all devotees in our Krishna conscious movement. Tate nukampam susamikshamana punjanehi vatmakita vipakam. What is this verse? English, English, English. 
Translation. Tenth canto, isn't it? Fourteenth chapter. Text number eight, I think. Ten, fourteen, eight, I think so. Well, on page 91 of Nectar Devotion, Prabhupada says that this verse is the guideline for all devotees in a Krishna conscious movement. Spoken by Lord Brahma. Someone can, if you can speak, that will give the microphone. Just we'll finish on this. Time is tight, it's almost nine o'clock. Someone has a, 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 a translation in front of them? Microphone for somebody, or I can read it if you want. If it's easier, I don't mind. Whatever you like. My dear Lord, Lord Brahma speaking to Krishna, just after the Brahma Vimohana Leela. He says, My dear Lord, one who earnestly waits for you to bestow your causeless mercy upon him, all the while patiently suffering the reactions of his past misdeeds and offering you respectful obeisances with his heart, words and body is surely eligible for liberation, for it has become his rightful claim. Thank you very much. I can pass it back. Prabhupada does write in the purport, the devotee feels that I deserve to suffer so much more than this. I'm just getting a little token here. Krishna's removing, you know, the reactions to some karmic bad activities, whatever it may be. That in our hearts, externally, other things may have to be dealt with, obviously. Common sense. But internally, that's how we feel. It's not that in our hearts we're vengeful, angry. Uh, Sometimes it may be like that, unfortunately, but that's not how it should be. It should be compassion, and we have to develop the qualities of a Vaishnava. Looking at our own situation, not blaming others. is one of the biggest breakthroughs in our neophyte lives, is when we stop blaming others for our situation. It's a big breakthrough in Krishna consciousness when we start to think of it in a different way. Their perception of the situation changes. It's a big breakthrough. Devotional service, as long as we're blaming others, we can't really make much headway. We've got to take responsibility. We're here due to our own choice. We've got to take responsibility for our lot. Okay, it's two minutes to nine. I'm sorry, we have to finish there, and we really thank you for allowing us to be here. And please forgive us for any... Um, misbehavior or harsh words or whatever it is, sometimes we get excited. We don't want to be um, overwhelmed with um, you know, either one way or the other, fanatic this way or that way, but we do have to nonetheless try to stick faithfully to the Srila Prabhupada's mission. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Gantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Gor Premanandi So I've been asked I've been asked to lead the first Kirtan which will be starting soon. Please go for breakfast. I will be on my own, which is the right thing to do appropriate probably <laughs> singing for the next thirty minutes or so as a request of Maharaj's disciples. Thank you. Is uh, the young lady, what's her name? Is it Kim? That lady who came yesterday with the dogs. Is her name Kim? Can you call her here right now? I saw her at the back. There she comes. Hare Krishna, Kim. Um, Mahananda, call Mahananda quickly. Okay.
Okay, I'll, be I'll believe you. If you put me on your group, then we can see. Yeah, we'll put you on the group. That's what we'll do. We'll take it from there, okay? I think Keisha knows you well, doesn't he? Keisha? Hare Krishna, everyone. Hare Krishna. So we have uh, 12 hour Kirtan today uh, dedicated to His Holiness Kadam Khanan Maharaj, uh, prayers for him. Uh, and if I can please request everybody to uh, participate. We're starting at 9 o'clock and uh, Maharaj is going to lead the and opening the first Kirtan. So if I could please request all of you to uh, participate that 